Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. So Martha and I take the show on the road again today, but today we're in Naples, Florida, not near as long of a drive. So we're going to be talking to some really incredible people. I can't wait for you to hear the stories we got today. So I've worked construction. In fact, one-fifth of my career has been connected to the construction industry. I've swung a hammer, but most of my time has been on the inside, keeping clean and keeping the insurance and the IT, the HR, and the administrative running smoothly. What I learned was that the inside of the operation was the easy side, the stuff going on out in the field. That was the difficult side, working with the cities and the counties and the planning and the development people. Those were difficult times. Let's put it this way. There's plenty of room for improvement for the behavior that's typically demonstrated out there on the local construction site. But, as you know, people living out their lives in their workplaces with Jesus at the center of their lives, that's what really makes a difference. When you start to see that demonstrated in the construction industry, that's a story we want to tell. So we're telling that right here on I Work For Him today. So listen, let me just introduce you to two really incredible people. We've got John DeAngelis from DeAngelis Diamond Construction Company, and we're also going to hear from today, who's right alongside us, Mike Opadal, who's involved with Giant Worldwide. Let's hear how Giant made an impact on John's life and how Mike gets to do this each and every day and other business people. John DeAngelis and Mike Opadal, welcome to I Work For Him. So what kind of work does DeAngelis Diamond do? Sure. So it's easier to say what kind of work we don't do, uh, okay. probably. All right, there you go. 16 market segments, uh, every, everything from aviation to self-storage. Uh, a lot of our work is senior living and healthcare related. Mm-hmm. But we do faith-based. We do nonprofit, uh, governmental. Um, uh, we do office buildings and, and retirement homes and uh, you know, neo-NICU intensive care units and uh, you name it. We pretty much do everything we don't do. Um, c- civil, uh, site civil, uh, heavy highway commercial bridge work, uh, but, and single family homes. But everything else we, we kind of have a hand in. Let's just jump over to Mike Opadal here, who is representing Giant Worldwide. And Mike, we're going to go back and forth a lot today on the show, but I really want to hear, what, you know, just talking about how did you come to be a Christ follower? Yeah, Jim, uh, I think, uh, like John, I was raised in, in kind of a, a religious or faith-based home. Um, my mom was raised Catholic, my dad Lutheran. So um, when we started going to church, we kind of did a bit of both, but ended up at kind of a Lutheran church. And it was actually at a non-denominational Christian school later on in kind of mid, late mid-school, early high school, where um, I started understanding what it meant to truly have faith. Uh, but like John, just, just real candidly, um, it didn't, uh, I've never remembered a time in my life where I didn't think that Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, sent by God our Father to die for our sins and to save the world. What, what that didn't mean to me was what it meant to surrender my life to him. So I have kind of a, um, a little bit more of a wayward story, I think, uh, than, than some, but I was in, in college in, at Arizona State in Phoenix for, for five years, and the Lord asked me one day when I was in the mountains, the first time I heard God speak to me, he said, you know what, how's all that? working out for you. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation, which doesn't sound like much of a conversation, but it was. Because um, 
I never felt more empty in my life seeking after um, self-indulgence and uh, really trying to figure out what was going to be best for me. It was almost like, uh, remember uh, at the end of Judges, we said, and everyone in those days did was right in their own eyes. And that was kind of where I was at. Loved Jesus, uh, always had faith, went to church, did all these uh, nice little check-the-box things, but certainly hadn't surrendered to my life. So um, I spent the rest of of that that year and, and the rest, as they say, is history, um, really seeking after, um, seeking the Lord with all of my heart, soul, and strength, and trying to learn how to love my neighbor as myself. All right, so how did you get connected to Giant Worldwide? Yeah, great question. Um, I was a client with John, as a matter of fact, uh, Small World, but um, John and I both had some connections to the founders of Giant Worldwide, and we ended up at an executive leadership retreat in Atlanta, Georgia, in the fall of 2013. And uh, I kind of, I think, maybe share some of this with some of our clients, but um, as a client of Giant, I had tried everything under the sun. Uh, I had tried uh, Ramsey, Collins, um, Lencioni, all these things, really great people. Some of those guys are good friends of ours. But I had tried to read their material and turn it into content that I could teach to my people. I thought I was serving them and blessing them by teaching them these really cool strategies and concepts that really excited me. And they were grateful for the investment, but there was no behavior change. And so what happened was, this is like my own story, but John and I went to this retreat, and I had a bit of a self-awareness experience about my own leadership, um, which is a whole other story. But I went back and started teaching my people the stuff that I was learning through these simple visual tools. And, and what happened was I saw more transformation in six months than I'd seen in the previous four years of, of trying different things. And so um, I, frankly, was a you know, client, and I drank the Kool-Aid, if that's the term people like to use. But the reality was my life was changing. I became a better father, a better husband, and, frankly, a much better business leader as a result. And I said, something's different with these guys. There's something that's just different. So that was kind of my introduction to Giant. All right, so, John, your work in the construction industry, I asked you what, what sets you apart in the construction industry. Go ahead, answer that question again. Okay, sure. So, um, so our culture really sets us apart. Um, at the foundation of our culture is our mission, which is what we do every day, and why, which is that we develop authentic relationships and have a positive influence on everyone we meet. Um, we, we always say that, hey, we're going to build a relationship, and out of that relationship, this building is going to be built, but we want to focus on the relationship um, uh, above all else. Our core values are our beliefs that drive our behavior. We have seven core values here. Uh, we founded our company on Christian wait, wait, let's, let's put those core values down. Great, sure. So um, faith in God is our first uh, core value. Honor to build is our second. Lasting relationships, healthy environment and culture, leadership, excellence and quality, and integrity. So we bookended our our seven core values with our faith and our integrity. Integrity to us means having the courage to do what's right in all circumstances, regardless of the outcome. Um, we founded our company, as I said, on Christian values and biblical principles. Um, we um, we wanted to create something that was distinctly different in the construction industry. We wanted to kind of change the change the story. Of, well, isn't just mentioning Jesus actually, you know, and meaning Jesus, isn't that just being set yourself apart in the construction industry? It is, yeah. Because I, I know they use the word Jesus a lot, but it <laughs> doesn't really have to do with, you know, our Savior. Yeah, yeah this is true. Um, you know, we, um, we founded our company on, on a couple of verses, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you to declare the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And then also Ephesians 3, 20, 21, now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine according to his power to work within 
you to him be the glory of the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so those verses you'll see on all of our publications, on our walls here. And so we're very uh, upfront about it. Um, we, uh, we tell folks when they come to work here, uh, hey, we want you to change the, the, uh, the reputation of the construction industry. Um, you don't have to be a believer to work here. We have lots of folks that don't share our faith, but they live out our values in an authentic way. And so when we hire, we hire slowly. Uh, we do multiple interviews. We give them a copy of our core values. We say, read over these carefully. If you can live out as fruit of your life, live out these values in an authentic way, you're going to love it here. You're going you're gonna to thrive here. You're going to realize your hopes and dreams. If this is uncomfortable for you, and you'd have to put a lot of filters on your life. If you, if you, uh, you know, Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you have an issue with, with foul language or screaming or yelling or anger, you probably aren't going to fit in here. So we, we want to manage to do communication, the tools that we have, not through browbeating and intimidation like old school contractors do. Um, so we're trying to, we're trying to change, uh, change the culture in the construction industry to develop and multiply leaders that have lives worth following, lives worth indicating, lives worth duplicating, serving leaders, not self-serving leaders. Back to you, John DeAngelo. Talk to me about how does your faith impact your project considerations? Mm -hmm. I mean, because you guys are doing projects all across the country, and, and you said 60, 16 different parts of the industry. Right. But there's sometimes, I mean, how, how does your faith impact choosing those projects? Well, I think it's uh, important to note that 85% um, of our work is, is repeat clients, so they, they tend to uh, you know, use us repeatedly. And then 95% of our work is negotiated, what we call negotiated or partnering, which means that we work closely with them through pre-construction and through construction. And so, um, so right now in the industry, it's such a busy time in the industry. It's kind of an all-you-can-eat buffet out there, and so we can be very particular, uh, and, and all contractors really can be. Um, so our, our faith really impacts um, every aspect, not just the kind of projects we pursue. Um, at the beginning of the year, at our partner retreat, um, we came up with a theme for the year, which is Proverbs 22.3 that says, um, uh, says that a wise man sees danger and takes refuge, but the foolish keep going and suffer for it. Now, that may not sound all that encouraging to you, but it, for us it was very instructive, as all of God's Word is, and uh, it allowed us to come up with, in the beginning of 2017, some, some real specific pursuit parameters um, so that we have seven pursuit parameters where we uh, will look at a project, all the different team leads can, can review and see if it's a project that we want to pursue. Does it fit in with our core values? Does it fit in with our mission? Um, does the, is the project going to move us closer to our goals or potentially pull us uh, back on our goals? Is the client someone that we want to work with for an extended period of time? And so, um, so, so again, God's Word has really uh, been integral in every part and every aspect of our business. Uh, so 20, Proverbs 22.3, uh, we will look at something. If we see danger, we're going to back away. We're going to take... So you say no to something. We say no to a lot. We say more no than we say yes, for sure. We've discovered that sometimes the most profitable job we do is the one we don't do. So we... we <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, well, lots of people there. Yeah. Explain that, because I understand what you mean, but not everybody understands that. Yeah, well, I mean, if, you, if, if we pursue uh, work for the wrong reasons, if we pursue work with the wrong clients in the wrong market seg sectors, wrong locations, for too far away from a, an office uh, where we can't serve and our, our team members have to 
um, get away from their families for too long, healthy environment and culture, having a healthy balancing work and family is super important to us as a company. So um, we, we burn out people and, and uh, we end up losing money. We have four company objectives, overarching objective, objectives. If you were to boil down our mission or values to four things, it would be this, honor God in all that we do, grow profitably. We are a for-profit company. We want to uh, achieve our clients' goals with excellence and quality and want to develop people who do things right and do the right things. So, uh, so in the in the lean years, we had to, we literally had to lay off half of our, our staff. Our, our our backlog went from 330 million to 30 million overnight, seemingly literally a, uh, like the water uh, faucet shut off. Um, so we had to make some really tough choices. Um, so it was re extra important to 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 work on the projects that were going to yield uh, the fruit. So let's just talk about going back to your faith and uh, and how it impacts what you do each and every day. Because at, at the Angelus Diamond, that's one of the things that you really. I mean, it, it says right in your core values. I mean, it's one of the one of the things that you really want to honor God. Um, you know, faith in God is one of the core values. Your core beliefs that you operate by: faith in God, honor to build, having lasting relationships, excellence and quality, leadership, integrity, healthy environment and culture. Those things are things that you're living by. How has your faith in Jesus Christ impacted your management style? Yeah, so I think that it's impacted every every aspect um, of of my life. Uh, so um, leadership, uh, first of all, I think we we one of the things we always talk about around here is that uh, leadership is not position. It, it, that's bossing. It's not. It's not control, that's dictatorship, it's not management. Uh, leadership is influence, Jay, Walls, Jay Oswald Sanders. We implemented that definition into our core values over 21 years ago. And so because leadership is influence, we have to understand um, how do you become a person of influence? And, and so developing uh, authentic relationships uh, based on trust, how do you do that? Well, uh, you live authentically uh, your actions, your convictions, your beliefs, and your behavior are in alignment over an extended period of time, and then, and then you, you know, when you're walking, your talk are the same. Over an extended period of time, people will will trust you, and and so, um, you know, our my faith drives everything that I do, and uh, and so, uh, it, it is the foundation and the lens through which we, I personally, and we, the leaders of the company, view. Uh, our business and and uh, the people that work here, and our clients, our industry, and our community. Do you give people permission to call you out and they say, "Hey, that's not consistent with your core values," or "Hey, you said you're a Christian. I'm not sure that really, you know, resonates with this Christian thing." At, I tell them that during onboarding, we have orientation for three days. Uh, uh, everyone goes through in the company, and I tell them right up front, "We put this out there." For accountability, we want you to hold us accountable to what we are saying we believe, and so absolutely, we want people to to, to come to us and say, "Hey, this is happening. Do you know this is happening? This isn't, uh, you know, something that may that you uh, would say Meech, uh agrees with your core values. We we want to know about that, and and we want to be held accountable to that. Absolutely. As Mike Opadal, you said earlier, you're trying to teach people. You're trying to raise up leaders who will bring freedom to the workplace. Explain that concept. Yeah, Jim, I think I mean, the reality is, is a verse that you've quoted often here today, Jesus came and said, and said, today I have fulfilled the scripture in your, in your hearing. You said, I've come to set the captives free, which is actually prophesied by Isaiah many, many years before Jesus was here. And the reality is, is just this idea of people are living in bondage. We realize that most leadership, guys, is accidental in nature. It's not intentional. 
We're trying to help people understand who they are, who they've been made to be, and then help them make intentional choices and create environments that empower people and create opportunity and freedom for them. Everybody's on this path to adopt their leadership as influence in whatever they're doing, right? So we're just trying to meet people where they're at on that journey and help them go to the next level of freedom. So, no, not everyone has a memory and fighter verse and all that kind of stuff, but we, we have folks who are completely unfaithed but they've got this seed of truth in them. Because here's the deal. You can not dispute truth. You can reject it, but you can't dispute it. Right. So we give people a bunch of truth, and they have to decide for themselves, am I going to receive that truth or reject it? More often than not, they're receiving that, so they're going to the next level of transformation and liberation for them. And truth is like one of those seeds. It, it falls on soil, and, and sometimes it germinates later. It's, it's, not, it's not always... It may be initially rejected, but internally it still plants a little bit. Well, let me speak to that because I'm thinking about our listeners. I'm thinking about the fact that something that you guys have said, whether it's about scripture memorization, a priority list for your marriage, you know, thinking of your workplace filled with orphanages that yet need to be adopted by our Heavenly Father, you know, those are all concepts that we don't, we don't know what is impacting somebody that's listening today, but that is our prayer, that you are being, everyone is being challenged and said, what can I do differently in my workplace and in the place where God has me surrounded by people that I love to make his kingdom come? You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.